Bridging the gap between people and technology. The Fireside Podcast is recorded and produced in Brisbane, Australia. And I am your host, Adam Bocut. And the Fireside Podcast is sponsored by Fire. And you're about to listen to episode eight, blockchain tech collaboration, community and leadership with Steve Barnes. Welcome to the Fireside Podcast and I'm your host, Adam Bocut, and I'm excited to introduce today's special guest, Steve Barnes, advisory board member of Fire and C-Suite executive. So welcome to the show, Steve. How are you going? I'm going very well, and thank you for having me. That's, you uh, are uh, exciting to be invited. Definitely now, and I really, really appreciate you uh, joining us as well. So, uh, what we'll do, we'll um, get started. Ask you a few questions here, and um, yeah, and uh, again, I appreciate you joining us on the the Fireside Podcast. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a um, appreciated. So, all right. So, starting off with the first question, here, Steve, uh, what's your professional background and, and how did uh, you come to be on the fire advisory board well i'll try, I'll try and give you the short version because there's a little yeah. bit there I, I started i started my first degree was in journalism and i worked in journalism and corporate communications for about 10 years mm-hmm. so i worked in radio tv uh print media uh spent a little bit of time working for a couple of different united nations agencies uh I, that, that included some time working overseas. And um, when I came back to Australia, I, I thought about, well, do I want to keep working in journalism or m- maybe something else? And, and I actually decided to go into management consulting. Uh, so I, I looked at what you do as a management consultant and that, that seemed pretty interesting. Uh, so I actually enrolled in an MBA and, and started that. And almost at the same time, uh, bumped into someone from a management consulting company called Accenture, and they asked me to send them my CV. And so I got a job there and worked in management consulting for about 10 years. Um, Then worked a a few uh, financial services organizations and and then a fintech in Australia called Iris, which does a lot of... uh, uh, software for financial markets trading and for financial advice. And while I was there, I hired George to come to work for Iris as, as a community manager, which was a new role. And it was a bit experimental for us. And, and George was exactly the right person to come along and, and turn it into something. Mm. And then I kept in touch with George following that, that role. And when I left Accenture and when he left Accenture and we I think found that we both felt value. There was value in the conversations that we were having. So we, we decided to keep it going in an advisory board capacity. Excellent. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's uh, it's great to sort of understand uh, where the, you know, the journey and how, how people connect as well. And, and George is the, the MD is of, uh, of fire and, and how you guys connected as well. So it's really, really great to, to learn about that as well. And I find it interesting the, you know, the, the transfer from, journalism and you know united uh, united nations work as well and then moving into management consultancy how was your uh, how was the um the management consultancy for for 10 years and also the um the uh, the, the choice of of going into transferring for, from that to uh, to iris as well it's 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 pretty uh, 
pretty pretty good journey and, and coming coming up to, to meeting meeting with George as well. Yeah, look, it's it's definitely it's sort of like many things. You can make sense of it when you look at it retrospectively. You yes. might not have planned it out that way. Um, I, I guess one. When I came back to Australia after living overseas, I was doing a job in um, publishing around organisational type issues. And, and I got interested in organisational type issues and how organisations run and become more productive. Yes. Um, and that's really what led me to thinking, well, I, I also like problem solving and, and a way to, to make both of those things come together is in management consulting. And, and I guess fortunately, one of the things that they were interested in, in from, from their perspective is people who had skills in communication, you know, corporate communication and journalism. And yes. um, those things come together. And interestingly, there, there was a, a project that I worked on. Uh, I was working at the Food and Agriculture Organization. And we mm -hmm. had a project that was based, uh, the, the, the on the ground team was based in Libya to try and eradicate the new world screwworm fly. Uh, which is a, a pest that would destroy agricultural production. Mm -hmm. um, and that project applied a lot of the, the core principles of, of some concepts called the diffusion of innovation, which is really about communication and communicating change. So I've had some experience from that as well that sort of led into, into the um, yeah. management consulting world. Definitely. So I can see the... the the, um, the, the skills and how they can transfer as well. And that leads on to the, the, the next question here is, uh, yeah, with, uh, with respect to, to business, you know, businesses and teams, how important is a sense of community and collaboration to you? Well, look, I, th I think they're important for a number of reasons. And, and look, it is essential. I think mm. if you think about that, that, that community piece, I mean, it has various aspects. One is, yeah, having a shared sense of purpose and, and, and you know, why you're there and, and mm. um, a feeling that you are part of a group and contributing to the group and, and, you know, being part of that group. So I think that community piece is important of, of, of you know, the community comes around some, in, in some sense, it always comes around some central idea or some central purpose. So I mm. think, you know, being able to, to create and maintain that is essential and particularly in, in the two instances that we see a lot in, in, in modern workplace one is big organizations so how do you create that sense of belonging to something in an organization that's big and distributed uh, and the other other pattern we're seeing increasingly is is sort of the, the, the networks of, of entrepreneurial organizations or, or distributed workforces uh, so in mm. both cases there's a, 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 a an implicit challenge of how do you get everyone on the same page and how do you get everyone not only to, to understand that purpose, but in essence to contribute to the vision of that, to be part of shaping it. So I think that's all part of what community and, and the effective management of community can do. Definitely. Um, then on top of that, the actual act of collaboration is critical as well. Yeah, and um, and also uh, many, many, or well, millions of people at the at the moment are around the world are um, having to to work from home as well and remote working, and and uh, yeah. there's uh, definitely a, a bit of a, a challenge and a problem that's uh, that's being solved uh, now, and and how different people uh, adjust and, and adapt to that as well, and that would that would definitely involve um, some 
you know, aspect of the, the community piece as well and, and how people collaborate. So, yeah. Um, how have you been, how have you been, um, you know, adjusting and adapting to, uh, to the, the remote working and working from home consistently? Look, I think, look, I've found it pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'm in a role where I'm, I'm lucky enough that it's relatively easy for me to work from home. You know, you know mm. I'm fortunate in that sense. Um, and, and the, you know, the, the technology and, and the role and all that come together to, to mean that I can do a lot of what I would normally do uh, in that work from home environment. Um, I, I think it's obviously a bit different um, yeah. because you, you, I think the thing that you lose is that, that sort of accidental conversation. You know, yes. You're overhearing someone or bumping into someone. You know, you can have, sometimes you can have a very good and very productive conversation with mm -hmm. someone that's entirely unplanned. It maybe only take five minutes. And you know, it's not the sort of thing that you're going to think to plan to book a conference call to have an accidental conversation, but they can be very valuable. So I think that's definitely one of the challenges of how do yeah. you get closer to replicating those sorts of things. Definitely, that's interesting. It's just those nuances, isn't it? You know, you know around yeah. the, 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 uh, the water cooler chat, you know, you were just kind of in an open plan office and you bump into someone and have that, that chat, those are just, um, you know, uh, sharing of ideas and it's uh, yeah that's that's definitely brought a bit of a an image a visualization for me as well as yeah and how how we can how we can adjust to that in the the remote working sort of environment as well um and, and yes, how you can try and find try and find ways to create that sort of what i'd call, maybe call it an accidental insight you know how do you create ways to interact in a remote model yes. that allow those accidental insights to to, to emerge or to have those accidental conversations. Definitely. And um, so that leads on to how do you think organizations and teams can communicate more effectively? I think there's lots of parts to this. I mean, there's probably a, a, like a, a human interpersonal part and then a technology part. But if you start with that human part, I mean, I think yes. part of it is just building that shared sense of purpose and vision and understanding and, and, and in many cases, just a shared language. But again, particularly as organisations get larger, you know, the, 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 the mathematical formula of, of networks drives out that the ability to, to create that sense of shared language and shared understanding gets exponentially harder as an organisation grows because it's just more and more people with different views and, you know, it's, it's like Chinese whispers squared, yes, yeah. I guess is, is a way of thinking about it. So I think that potentially takes a little bit of work and effort to do. I, I always try to, to, to sort of share assumptions because the way I think about things and my point of view is, is, is clearly going to be um, a product of the assumptions I've made. So I, I do try and understand my own assumptions and, and what my assumptions are and, and you know, try and communicate that in, in conversations to sort of get that sense of, well, the reason I think this way is because of this assumption. And then you can have a conversation about is the assumption right or wrong, or do people have different assumptions and you can work through that. I think often if, you, if you're not clear of, of why people think the way they do, you can you have a communication breakdown that may be unproductive and unnecessary. Mm. So I think that's a big part of it. It's just that building that, that shared sense of shared language, shared, shared understanding um, and trust, obviously, that you get from, from that sense of community is important. Oh, then obviously then the thing about the, then the different technologies you can use and, and there's lots of great technology around at the moment mm -hmm. to help in 
different aspects of communication and collaboration and there's some great tools yeah so with the um that i really love that uh, that uh, that sense there that you you uh, shared about the uh assumptions so being aware of your own assumptions it's a bit of a bit of self-awareness there as as well and and uh, being aware of your own assumptions because sometimes i i feel that i and think sometimes that you know i i've got i've got an assumption because i if i'm in a conversation and i'm not uh, being too present occasionally it can can happen then it i i it's difficult to explain the or share the, the the assumptions which can have that that breakdown in communication so it's really it's really great to to hear uh, um a, as a reminder as well to, for that self-awareness of uh, you know communicating uh, assumptions and and how that can affect the the effectiveness of, of communication so um, yeah, if two people have very different underlying assumptions about a particular issue if they've got very different assumptions about what underpins it it's going to be very hard for them to have a, a, a productive conversation unless they can understand those differences in the assumptions and maybe work through them. Um, yes, you know, I, I think generally you know, disagreements come, come down because of one, one or two things. Either you have a different goal, so you're trying to achieve a different outcome, and, and if different people are trying to achieve a different outcome, they're going to have you know, some challenges in, in sort of working collaboratively and productively. Equally, you could have the same view of the outcome, but have very different views on how do you get to that outcome. Mm, so again, if you yeah. flesh out your assumptions, that can understand, help you understand where those differences might be, and then you can actually resolve them. Yes. Yes, so, um, and that, that does lead quite, um, quite gently onto this uh, next question uh, before we kind of delve in slightly to, uh, to the technology. What is leadership to you, Steve? So I, I, I always remember the, one of the, um, the CEO of an organization I worked for got asked this question once, or got asked the question, what is a good leader? Mm. And I, I've always remembered his response, which is, you know, for his view of the, the, the secret of great leadership is that the people who work for you want you to succeed. And then if you think about how does that happen, that's only going to happen if, if your success is also creating meaning or opportunity or value for them. So it's, it's clearly not a, a one-way street there. It's, I think if, if you work with the people around you, mm -hmm. that, that you know, at the end of the day, they're going to hope and help you to succeed, that's great. I think there's also another part about, um, you know, helping people you know, setting a vision or having a vision that, that helps people be, I guess, the best version of themselves that they can be. You know, I think you look at some of the political leaders today and they're really not leaders. They're not helping us mm. be the best version. You know, they're not helping us be better people or, or achieve better outcomes as, as individuals or as a society. Some are, and, and to me, those are the great leaders, the people who help. Yeah, it's like a good coach who helps you do better than you would on yourself, by yourself. Yeah, and you'd want them, and you, you know, you want to do your best for yourself, but also you want to help them achieve what they want to achieve as well. So yeah, I've, I've never heard that um, that 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 way of uh, describing leadership, and that's a really great great insight of a of a way of looking at leadership because you can ask you know a hundred different people what leadership is or what's a good leader, and you could have a hundred different uh, 
answers, I'm sure, as well. That's a, that's a really good insight that I've, I've learned from you as well. So, um, yeah. yeah look, I think, I think you have lots of great ideas as, as, a, as a leader. But if the people who are working with you don't want to help you make those ideas become reality, then those ideas won't succeed. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you touched on the, um, you know, political leaders in the current, current environment and uh, yeah it just shows that shows where we're at and then you know what where we can where there's a you know hope for for some some better leadership perhaps and and how that how that can improve so yeah it's a it's a good yeah. definitely uh, something to to think about and and ponder as well so this uh, yeah leading on to more the the technology side so what current and emerging technology are you excited about at the moment Look, I think that there's probably two big themes in my mind and, and blockchain, blockchain, distributed ledger, Bitcoin type technology is absolutely uh, one of them. Yes. I think we're only really, we're building the foundation of the technology itself, but I think we're only beginning to explore the potential range of uses. And, and I think it does a whole bunch of things, but one of them is it, it embeds trust which, you know, if you think about some of the big leaps forward in, in what traditional software has done, it's, it's embedded process into the software. It's, it's embedded a set of actions into a piece of software. Mm. Uh, I think the thing that the, the, the blockchain technologies do is, is they do that as well, but they, they, they sort of, in a sense, embed trust or, or replicate trust. Maybe it's not technically trust, it's, it's, but it's a, certainly an ability to, to have trust in what, um, a piece of technology is telling you or a piece of data is telling you. So I think yeah. that's pretty critical. Definitely. So moving, a, moving away, not moving away, but more of a um, integration of, of human qualities, for example, trust, and you, you, that's important, you know, about leadership as well. At the same time, you've got the processes um, that's important in blockchain technology and, and Bitcoin. Um, but at the same time, that, that, the trust is built by the you know, distributed ledger because I'm I'm still learning about this emerging technology as well and I I I think it's a it's a really great thing that it's uh, it's being developed now and uh, at, at, at Fire we're we're definitely passionate about the uh, BSV and Bitcoin uh, SV space as well and with the, the emerging technology um, with with blockchain there's definitely that the the sense of, of trust um, can be built, which is a good thing, but also just moving on a bit of a, a question on artificial intelligence, because just, just a brief, briefly touch on that, because that's, that kind of arose for me uh, when you talked about, you know, processes and, and trust as well, because you've got the, the processes. What are your thoughts in the, in the future of artificial intelligence, potentially um, commoditizing, um, processes and how that can how that can affect you know either communication either businesses teams and what are your what are your kind of thoughts around that well that is absolutely the the second big area that i think is interesting and exciting and, and look mm. again I, I think you know any new and revolutionary technology will have you know i guess some some potentially have some negative side effects but but overall i think it's, it's going to add huge value um Look, the good thing is it can do certain things in terms of 
analysing and passing data and, and, and maybe drawing out some inferences in a way that, that is just beyond the capacity of, of an individual or even a group of people to do. Mm -hmm. You can just crunch a whole bunch of data and number and find trends. So I think it can be used very well to help um, automate some activities, but also supplement uh, human decision-making. So I don't think the answer has to always be that AI is going to take over something and do it entirely by itself. I think it can highlight trends or, or, or potential trends or potential patterns um, mm. that can then help other people, you know, uh, find solutions, um, help help people apply their creativity. So, so I think, you know, it's got, again, huge potential because I think if you look at those two together of, of, of blockchain and, and AI and how they could potentially in some cases converge, but just run in parallel, uh, yeah. I think there's huge opportunities across both those spaces. That, yeah, and I find that I find that really really exciting as well. And the the people I've um, I've met recently, and including you know yourself and George, and a lot of the um, the connections that that he has connected to um, to the blockchain space, and and visiting London for the the CoinGeek conference. The people I met there, and the the passion that they shared for 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 building on the blockchain and creating um you know technical solutions for you know human problems and also um also how how it's moving forward it's, it's really really exciting and i like how the you know you mentioned it's almost like a bit of a collaboration between um you know ai blockchain people you know building trust as well so it's a it's a, we're in we're definitely in a bit of a big big change at the moment and i i agree with you i'm it is a there are some negatives but at the same time there's there i'm i'm optimistic about it there's there's definitely um it's it's move i i believe it's moving in, in the right direction yeah i think in both cases there's just you know, so much opportunity ahead to be explored and developed as you know we're really fairly early on and particularly in the concept of blockchain fairly early on in, in what it can actually do and the huge variety of applications that we'll find for it. So you know, I think lots of, lots of interesting things in the future in, in that space. De definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, I yeah, really, uh, really appreciate your, your insights uh, on the, on this. And so what we're going to do now, Steve, we're going to move on to the, the rapid fire questions. So I'm just going to, uh, going to throw a few questions at you and just have a bit of fun with it. So yep. oh, Steve, So, what's the, the one book that's had the biggest impact on your life? So this is a hard one because um, I read a lot. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I think one that's particularly memorable for me is this book called Understanding Organisations by Charles Handy. And that, that's a book that I read really at that time I was thinking that, that, that led my thinking to be towards becoming a management consultant. Mm -hmm. um, it talks a lot about, you know, organization issues, organization behavioral issues, and, and it, of itself, it's not necessarily the ultimate Bible in, in this space, but just at the time that I read it, and, and it provides a good coverage, and, and it really pointed me in the direction of, of being interested in those issues about how organizations work, how they can be productive, um, so, so that one was critical. And maybe if I sneak a second one in on a second yeah. thing. <laughs> why not? Why not? A, a, a book called Productive Workplaces by Marvin Weisbord. Um, so, so those two were, I guess, 
significant in, in they sort of pointed me in the direction of, of, of you know moving into management consulting and, and yeah and uh, an interest in in how organizations work and how they can be more productive definitely so um what were the two uh, names of the book and the author so we can for our listeners so, so yeah understanding organizations by charles handy mm -hmm. and productive workplaces by marvin weisbord which is w-e-i-s-b-o-r-d excellent and they're, they're all, they're, 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 they're reasonably oldish books but i think mm. they're a great start into that space of, of how and why organizations are what they are definitely definitely okay and uh what's your favorite quote or motto steve uh, look I, I think what i keep coming back to is, is a quote by george bernard Shaw, and i'm going to paraphrase it a little bit which mm -hmm. the, the paraphrased version is that that reasonable people adapt themselves to the world but unreasonable people persist in trying to adapt the world to themselves therefore all progress depends on unreasonable people the people that are unwilling to accept the status quo oh i love it so that yeah that's you know i've always you know i frequently come back to that quote and, and it does feel like a it's got a, a good grain of truth in it definitely definitely okay so a bit of, bit of a fun one here for you is uh if you were to choose any animal to be what would it be and why yeah okay so not necessarily the, the animal i choose in my favorite but the animal i would choose to be would probably be a dolphin just because i think they have a great life um i, I think that they're 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 not you know, the natural prey of anything they seem to have uh yeah a degree of intelligence and they seem to have a very fun life they swim around and have fun so i think if i was going to be an animal that that would probably be be one of them great great choice great choice and they, they also uh i'm not sure if this uh, how true this is but maybe i've heard it anecdotally but apparently they um they protect they protect um or can fight against uh uh, predators or like a shark you know sharks and yeah so there's yeah definitely <laughs> there uh, can be warriors of the ocean as well great choice all right so finally before we sign off is there anything you'd like to say or promote to our listeners oh look probably lots of things i guess I guess one thing that would be you know i think it's important for people to be confident and to have to have self-confidence and believe in in their own ability and, and, and their, their aspirations, but don't let overconfidence kill curiosity and the desire to keep learning. Love it. Oh, that's such a, such a great, uh, great final thought to, uh, to leave with the listeners and myself as well. And I've, I've really appreciated our, our conversation, our chat, and I, I really uh, just want to extend the um, gratitude and thank you for, for your time today and having a chat with us on the, the fireside podcast, Steve, that's Steve Barnes. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. And I hope you have a great rest of your rest of your, your evening. And I hope uh, perhaps in the future we can um, uh, catch up in person. That would be great. Thank you very much for, for the opportunity to speak with you and for, for inviting me onto the show. You're very welcome. Take care, Steve. Bye. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Fireside Podcast with your host, Adam Bokert. And the Fireside Podcast is sponsored by Fire. And please feel free to check out their socials on Twitter at FireCorp and Instagram at FireCorp. And we're looking forward to welcoming you for our next episode.